What's up, world? I go by the name of Jabari. It's Monday. Words with Friends podcast is back. And for those that don't know, for those that might be just tuning in, you know you can support the Words with Friends podcast on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash Jabari. And if you're liking the podcast, if this is giving you value, if you're starting off your week right with some of these entrepreneurs and, and you're getting some inspiration for some ideas that you may have, then support the podcast with a tip. All right, that ensures that I can keep the podcast going, keep everything rolling for you guys, and most importantly, keep it coming every single Monday. So you can go to patreon.com and support with a $1 tip, as little as $1. And that's super cheap, man. That's cheaper than a sandwich. That's cheaper than a bottle of water in some places, all right? So support it, patreon.com slash Jabari. And without further ado, I have my man, Dane Ritter. What's up, man? How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good, man. Thanks for having me. Of Thanks course, man. Me. Of course, man. I had to get you on here, man. You know, I have this big list of people that uh, that I want to get on the podcast. And it's like every week I just, you know, get down the list. Boom, boom, boom. Check them off. And you are at, you were at the top of the list, but I wanted to uh, I wanted to make sure that I had some other people on before so I could show you how official uh, it was. Okay, you know okay, what I mean? okay, okay. So you're not just gassing me. Nah, okay. man, exactly, all good, exactly. All good, man. All good. So uh, so man, Dave, you know you I met you, man, maybe like what a year and a half ago, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was like Grammy weekend. Yeah, it's about a year and a half, probably. Time, yeah, time yeah. goes so fast. Though. Yeah, man. Oh, it's man. It's, it, when you're moving and when you do got stuff going on, time goes fast. Yes, yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, man. You know, I, I had I had been aware of some of your artists and stuff like that. But let let the people know uh, what it is that you exactly do and how how you like to introduce yourself and you know what your job title is. Sure, sure. So I, I'm, I'm again. My name is Damian Ritter, CEO of Funk Volume, co-founder, um, co-owner, along with. Um, our flagship artist Hobson. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been we've been doing this thing for over five years now. Um, you know, grown, grown quite substantially over the past five years. But but yeah, man, I take care of everything business related as it as it comes to Funk Volume. Yeah, and so for those that don't know, Funk Volume is an independent hip hop record label. Um, and just let's let's rattle off the artists, man. You know, name name all the all the okay. stars that you got. Yeah, we got Hobson, um, Dizzy Wright. Uh, Jerem Benton and my flesh and blood brother Swizz. Okay, um, so Dame, tell me a little bit about what uh, growing up was like for you in California, and you know what made you want to, or did you even want to get started uh, as somebody that was in the music industry, or did it sort of happen out of uh, you know just a, a, a by way of necessity or something like that? Man, I, I had no no idea that I was ever going to be working within music. Um, always been a fan of music. Uh, growing up, I was business minded. Like I collected baseball cards just because they were worth money. I collected like these little rocks with crystals in it because I thought they were worth money. Mm-hmm. Comics because I thought they were worth money. So I went to, I went to college knowing that I was going to major in business. Um, so I always been business minded. I knew I wanted to start my own business one day, uh, but had no idea that it was going to be within the music industry. By no means, like at all. Yeah, it's kind of a shock to myself. Um, and so your brother Swiss, he was the artist, right? And uh, and he was what? He was just friends with Hobson, or yeah. So what happened was, um, so I was working in the financial services industry. I was worked as an internal auditor as, as in as Wells Fargo. And I worked overseas, and then I went back to business school. Mm-hmm. And then out of business school, I took a job as a consultant. Um, doing management consulting in Chicago, uh, but that only lasted about a year because I got laid off. 
Um, so at that time, I went back to the drawing board again because like everything I had done previously, I just kept finding out what I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Even that consulting experience where I got laid off, I wasn't really happy. So, you know, I was going back to the drawing board. I was like, okay, now what what do I want to do? And around that time, my brother Swizz hit me up and was like, Dane, um, I'm at UC Irvine. I'm not really passionate about you know what I'm studying. I don't know what I want to do. I, I really want to. Um, well, I didn't, he said he didn't know what he wanted to do in terms of school, like what to major and things like that. He's like, I think I want to try this music thing full time. I want to take a crack at it. Um, you know, and at, and at that time, too, he had a friend that he went to high school with, Hobson, um, who was signed to Ruthless Records at the time. Uh, but he wasn't, nothing was really happening there. There were so many different people like at the table pulling in different directions that pretty much nothing was happening. He wasn't getting the support. Um, and he had the idea for a funk volume. Um, he always wanted to start his own thing. Did he have that name? As yeah, well? yeah, okay. he had the name. He um, he told me that he <laughs> that he was thinking about like that being his artist name at one point. Like, funk volume, really? Yeah, Instead yeah, of option. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I think, that I think he made the right choice. Yeah, yeah. Name. I think that would have been a mistake. Like it works well for the label. Like I didn't challenge that at all. I was like funk volume. That sounds dope. Um, so we met. I got. I got. I just listened to them and wanted to hear what what they wanted to do and what they wanted the label to represent and things like that. And I was like, okay, sounds like you guys are serious. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we agreed that me and Hop agreed that um, you know he'll handle like pretty much the creative side. I'll do all the business side and, and get the infrastructure set up. Um, you know, we just we just hit it off from there. It's like man, in the two thousand eight, we've just been grinding. You know, one thing that I can only imagine about what happens to you is like, for me personally, I'm, you know, sort of in the music industry, but, you know, I'm kind of more in the film side and event space and all that stuff. But I get a lot of artists hitting me up on Twitter. And especially when I used to do like my interviews heavy back in the day, like artists would just flood my social networks with, with, listen to this, check me out. Da, 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 da. And it was it happened in a very like spammy manner, and like the only time I would ever really check something out is if it's presented well. So like for me, the thing that gets me is when like presentation is done right, mm-hmm. artwork is nice, especially when a video is shot well. Those are the things that make me like click right. on a link and and even be like, oh, maybe I'll send it to one of my friends that is you know that can do a little more for this artist than me. You know right. what I mean? So when it comes to you, what are some of the things that you that set artist apart when they're you know giving you that like five minute elevator pitch via the internet well i mean you're right like we do get a ton of stuff sent to us now i mean and there's so many different points of contact you know because we're still active on our social so you can you know send us tweets and direct messages and emails and, and facebook messages and things like that um very rarely do i get a chance um you know, to open that stuff up. So I, I typically tell artists, like, look, the most I really can do for you is become a fan. Mm-hmm. You know, and that might be cool, you know, but you really just want to start building that fan base so that ultimately your fans speak for you. Because, um, you know, a- after five and a half or five plus years in doing this, like, the best music that I've ever received never comes from the artists themselves. It's always, like you know, our fans telling us about somebody starting a bubble in their city um, or just other people that I respect within music, like, dang, check this out, because they know how busy I am and they know that they're only going to bring it to me if they feel like it, yeah, it, it passes like a certain bar, yeah. you know. So 
really, man, just just focus on the fans, you know. And there's 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 not as many haters out there as like artists would tend to believe. Mm-hmm. Like music lovers, they want to stay. They want to share your music. You yes. know what I'm saying? Like if they find something that they like, they want to be the one that's like, oh, I put you up on this. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. like the true hip hop fans, the true music lovers. Um, there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there. So if you get your music in front of those folks and they become ambassadors for your music, you know, and that word of mouth starts spreading, you know, that's ultimately, you know, what happened for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's why I like to tell artists, man, like I, I'll, I'll listen to stuff when I can. Please don't get upset if I don't, um, you know, but ultimately let the fans speak for you. You said something before, um, and, and I think it was uh, it was something along the lines of, uh, there's only two reasons that your that your music may not be getting heard. What are, what are those two reasons? Oh yeah yeah yeah, and that's this this is probably the the biggest piece of advice, like the most repetitive that I always share with artists, and it's, it's focus on the numbers, right? So we have so much data now that you can get instant feedback on what your music is doing, you know. So with YouTube views and Twitter followers and Facebook fans and things like that. So if you drop a video today and it gets a hundred views. And then you drop a video next year, and it gets a hundred views. You have a problem because there's no growth. Mm-hmm. Like you should, your numbers should be trending upwards at all times, um, and it should be exponential if you're really moving. You know, because if one person tells their friend and their friend tells their friend, like it, it should happen exponentially. Yeah. Um, if you don't see your music, if you don't see your music and your numbers trending in that way, and it's stagnant, you have one of two problems. You have one, you're not getting your music in front of the right people, so maybe your music's more tailored toward Tech 9 type fans and you're trying to shove them in front of Jay-Z's friends. Or, number two, your music just doesn't resonate with people. Mm-hmm. So you have to change up your music, you have to you know, continue to hone your craft, you have to get better quality something like the image like something's not right about the music yeah. that's that's typically and then just to be completely honest like that 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 typically is the problem mm-hmm. like yeah that I, more more so than the other yes one. that that typically yeah. is the problem because you know i think artists are such in a rush to get out there mm-hmm. that they forget to hone their craft yeah you know or yeah. they don't because it takes time like hobson swizz dizzy God, these cats have been rapping for 10 plus years yeah you know it just doesn't happen that you're just a dope rapper out the gate you can make songs you know how to present yourself visually you look comfortable on camera mm-hmm. like that stuff doesn't happen overnight or but in you, a year you know what what is it with i think that you know in terms of even in terms of rap in terms of you know um a lot of people nowadays and i, I want to ask you why do you think this is why do people think that somebody successful it People, I just think that there's this like massive school of thought that people think that it's easier, or it's like just like people have this notion that like I can do that too. You know what I mean? Right. Like when they see somebody doing something, they're like, oh, that well, that can't be that hard, or man, that's easy, or you know, it's like I don't, I don't because, know why. Because that sometimes is right it's now. true. Because uh-huh. because sometimes like, but that but that route is like hitting the lotto, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you see, and I'm not gonna put anybody's name out there, but if you see an artist that's not that good at rapping, but they got that one song and yeah, they got yeah, that yeah. one song that has been pushed heavily. Yeah. And then that's what that's what facilitates the illusion that anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. But having that happen to you is like hitting the lotto. 
You know, yeah, so if yeah. you want to go the lotto route, if you want to, you know, the one in a million shot, yes, you probably could rap as good as that person. Mm-hmm. But it would take hitting the lotto to do so. And there's a lot of things that that artist probably did that you don't see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there yeah. might have been the right person behind them. They might have did a lot of grinding and, you know, to get their name buzzing or whatnot. Because um, there's a lot more that goes into you know, getting out there, then, you know, the music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But, but, but like I said, the, the, the cats that, that don't have the skill and that haven't honed their craft, if you see them, you're not going to see them for very long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the people yeah. that really have a niche or, or, you know, really have, you know, they can really make songs, like I think you'll see them. Yeah. You know, the people that, 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 that might have just had that one and have trouble making two or three, they're going to come and go. Yeah. How do you tell somebody to hone their craft, right? Because I think an, an issue that I have with uh, even some friends, right? And like, you know, from, from artists to just entrepreneurs, people that are trying to chase something, a lot of people are not really down and about honing their craft. And they're right. not really about putting the time and effort in. So like, how do you tell somebody, look, you did not make it yet or things are not going your way yet because you are not working at it enough like how what is the what is the right way to explain that to somebody it's it's a hard message to deliver and and i I don't typically deliver it because Mm -hmm. i don't feel like i have that authority like i'm not like i've only been in this for five plus years i'm not puff daddy i'm not Mm -hmm. russell simmons i don't have the authority to do so Mm -hmm. so what i do tell them is like look focus on your numbers Mm -hmm. and let the numbers tell you like You know, if if you are that good, if you are that good and you're consistently putting out good visuals and you're getting no traction, then I, I don't know because I just don't I just I just don't see anybody that's that good and and is consistently putting out stuff, good content and is not moving. Like yeah, I, yeah. I just find that so hard to believe because there are music lovers out there that want new music. Like yeah. they want new music, they want to be the person that found out of you know out of their clique of friends. They want to be the person that introduces the dope new artist to the friends, and mm-hmm. you know I'm on this before you were on it. Type yeah. you know, it just it, yeah. I, I so I typically don't have to deliver the message. I don't think I should, nor do I think I have the authority to do so. I can give you my opinion, but I said, man, just look at the numbers. If, yeah. if the numbers ain't moving, then yeah. then that typically is the problem. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. how do you in terms of funk volume and, and the artists and when it comes to touring, when it comes to growth, when it comes to, you know, even picking up new artists, how do you have these numbers uh, influence decision making, like from a business perspective and, and when it comes to like operating and managing your artists, you know, what are, what are like the key metrics that you're looking at? Um, I mean, I, I don't I don't I don't follow them like every day. Like, look, oh, man, you only got a thousand followers this week. You mm-hmm. need to step your game up. I just I just check in occasionally just to make sure we're on that trajectory, just to make sure that we're still going up. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That That's ultimately why I, why I, why I check it. You know, I, I use a, a system called Sprout Social to okay. manage like all of the, the socials in one place or to see a snapshot and, uh, and we can post all our socials from, from just that, okay. from just that system. So I look in there just to make sure, you know, okay. Dizzy got like 50,000 new likes. Okay, maybe why did that happen? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like for big moves, I, I try to say, okay, why, why, why is this happening? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to better understand it. Um, but it's, 
but now for new artists, like I don't feel like the metrics are as important. Like we want to find somebody who's just super dope mm-hmm. that fits in with what we're doing. You know, everybody gets along. Some somebody that's different than what we already have. Mm-hmm. Every time we bring on a new artist, we want to make sure we're capturing a new demographic, a different sound, a different perspective, yeah. so they can contribute to the diversity. Because um, that ultimately helps the label grow um, and, and and get in front of new 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 eyes. Um, but because we have such a significant social networking presence, I don't rely on that new artist having that because we can we can supply that, and I just feel like. We can get pe- we can get a new artist in front of people, and if he's dope, they'll subscribe to him. Yeah, you know, and and, and the metrics will they'll, they'll start flying, and then eventually he'll get to a point where he's giving the exposure back to the other artists. Mm-hmm. So if he starts out at ten thousand Facebook likes or whatever, you know, he'll soon get to that a hundred thousand mark, and then that's that's a pretty significant page to then start showing love back. Gotcha. Um, okay. What uh because so much of what you guys do in terms of marketing is is digital, right? I'm curious to know has has have you done anything uh traditional or or like what happens when how important is traditional, right? Because for instance, it's like funk volume and what you guys do in terms of like YouTube and with all of your videos, that's where a lot of the traction comes from, right? Like that's mm-hmm. how that's how people you know related videos people can see those mm-hmm. um people are people are seeing the collaborations that you know dizzy does with hobson swizz does with jarben and all, all that all of them do together and you know it's not only you hearing the audio but you're seeing the visual you're seeing the guys interacting with each other right. do you do you also find that like traditional marketing whether that's like you know a billboard or a video on tv or anything like that like do these things help as much as things that happen digitally um well the digital stuff especially with social networking i mean you can kind of say it's free um yeah so that's what was most accessible and and then you have the data that where you can see kind of what's happening um, so it just makes the most sense that, mm-hmm. you know, every, a lot of the marketing, pretty much all the marketing that we do is still digital. We've, we've, we've yet to launch out to, um, you know, a billboard. Um, we've gotten some of our videos on like MTV Jam mm-hmm. and Revolt and things like that. But I don't, I don't know how much that moves the needle versus mm-hmm. like, you know, something online where we get the click information back from, um, I mean, I know that the, a few people do still watch MTV Jam, so mm-hmm. and because people tweet it like, "Oh snap, Dizzy just saw your video, watch left on MTV Jams, whatever." But I don't know how many people did. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how that converted to like new Twitter followers or mm-hmm. new fans. Um, so yeah, I mean, most of the stuff is, is digital because th- that's where you kind of get the biggest bang for your buck, and that's where you get the most transparency in terms of what's happening. Um, but I'm not opposed to it, especially as we get bigger. Yeah. You know, I wanted I wanted to do to try different things. Um, but yeah. You know what's funny to me is like this digital and this traditional stuff. It's weird because it's almost like this like weird catch twenty two or like chicken before the egg because it's like, for instance, when you are in traditional media nowadays, I think I think it like legitimizes it to your digital fans, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if you see Dizzy Wright on TV, mm-hmm. it's like, oh wow, Dizzy Wright is on TV now. Even though that like 
most people are not watching TV, and most right. people are not, who, or most that's, people yeah, who are true. Dizzy Wright fans, you know what I mean? They're right. not watching on TV, but it's like the stamp of approval. I know for me, it's like I was in an ad in XXL, literally a paid ad, mm-hmm. and like, like I posted a picture of that ad, and like people were like, "Oh my God, Jabari is in XXL! Like yeah. this is crazy!" You know what I mean? But like, really, it's like it doesn't make it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, right. and that doesn't, but. It's just this sort of like stamp of approval that people still have, I f- and, and it always like bugs me out, you know, about like why that is. No, that's true. I mean, you, you would hope that the per- perception leads reality. Perception may not be reality, but you would hope that perception leads reality, mm-hmm. right? So that you know you can present yourself and and make things look cool, so that eventually you are cool. Like and and TV, but it happens online too, right? Mm-hmm. Like people. And this is a piece of advice I give to artists, too. Like, you got to stay even keel. Like, don't let your highs get you too high, your lows get you too low. So, like, if you just because you got featured on two dope boys doesn't mean that, that shit's about to blow up. No. Like, no, no, no. or just because you got featured on XXL or just whatever. Like, there's so much content out there. Mm-hmm. Just because you got one placement doesn't mean that things are about to start moving in a totally different trajectory. Yeah. You know? So yeah. the same thing actually happens online, too. There was a point when we first started, like, being on Worldstar was like being on TV. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, snap, he's on Worldstar. I knew he would make it. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it happens on it happens online, too. But, yeah. I, but I agree with you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, once you start seeing cats on TV, I think once you start seeing cats everywhere, that's when you know... That's when um, something's really moving. That's when you're moving. And different, you know, different platforms and, you know, because, you know, like, Complex is different from Hip Hop DX and it's different. Like, when you start seeing them, like, like different types of websites yeah. or, like, not just hip hop websites, um, and you start seeing those numbers move, then you can be like, okay, this cat's starting to get some traction. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, so, some more of your role in terms of uh, managing artists, right? So, like, how, how do you make sure that, you know, Hobson, Dizzy Wright, Jarabet, and Swizz are all sort of like, you know, happy with being on Funk Volume. Because, you know, mm-hmm. literally the flagship artist in Hobson was coming from a situation where he was completely unhappy with Ruthless. You know right. what I mean? Like, and so it, it's kind of like, I mean, granted, he, he's a co-founder of this. So it's like, but still, right. how do you make sure that, you know, all, all, like Funk Volume is, is a good home for, you know, hip hop artists? Well, I mean, I, I let them pretty much do what they want. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, when they want to release something, we release it. Um, you know, so there's, there's full creative control. And I just try to support that in the best way possible. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, once we start showing them growth, they buy into what we've set up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, like, as soon as Dizzy jumps on, you know, within a year and a half, like he's on the double XL cover, he's doing shows everywhere. It's like that's that's real growth. Yeah. And that's light years from what you were doing, you know, before joining Funk Volume. So as long as as I can continue to show every artist growth, like being within the system, I think they're gonna be happy. I also take a different approach because like typically with major labels before, like part of the way they kept them trapped in their deals is keeping keeping them stupid and keeping them financially in need right so mm-hmm. um, so so what i'm saying is like they're con- contractually obligated they don't really know what's in their contract right 
um, you know, so they and, and with the advance money, they might go through there. They don't tell them that they're supposed to spend some of that advance and in actually investing in your career. So they probably would go out and spend it, and then they would need money, so they would have to re up and re sign, you know, mm, yeah. another deal. Um, and they don't they don't teach them how to manage money. You know what I'm saying? There's nobody there to, to truly support them in, in growing and becoming a young man. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a big flaw in what I've seen. So with our guys, like we are we make sure I work with our business manager to ensure that um, they have checking and savings accounts. When they get to a certain point, we're looking at retirement accounts. They know how to manage their money. They know that the money coming in doesn't just go in their pocket. They're going to have to pay taxes. Like, there's never going to be a funk volume artist that has tax issues. Yeah. You know, so we, and then, you know, when it comes to the contracts they sign to make sure that everything's transparent. This is what it is. This is the percentage splits. This is, this is everything. You know, there's this full transparency because I need you to know as much as possible because ultimately that's probably going to limit some of the arguments we have later down the line. Yeah, but yeah, I explained yeah. this to you. It was clear as day. Yeah. There was no confusing jargon. Like, it, yeah. We all bought into it. This is what it is. So, you know, I think building in that transparency, keep bringing on artists that are that are cool, you know, humble for the most part, and that understand the value of the cross promotion. They buy into what we're trying to do and pushing everybody forward and building up the brand. Um, you know, I, I think we do, you know, take a, a different approach to things, and yeah. it's more. It's just more supportive, and it just it just feels better. You know, you just feel like you're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. It's not, yeah, you don't feel like this, like, label head, like, yeah. you know, evil villain type character. That that so many people have, you know, uh, I, I think that that's a, something that I was talking to my buddies about recently was, like, there's such a, there's such a, like, there's been, like, a villainization of major labels. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? When, like, not all of them are bad. Right, right, right. But, like... Know. You know, there's literally, it's, it's, it, I think it's gotten to the point where the public even now, and when something gets to this level, it's like, it's so far gone, where the public is like, I don't want that, like, why should he sign a major deal? Like, a fan thinks that they know about the uh, music industry. Yeah, yeah. Fans <laughs> you know don't I mean? know anything about this business. Like, I, I mean, I get cussed out all the time online, and like, <laughs> you guys don't know how funk volume works, don't know yeah. how it's set up. I get all the names like they t- they accuse me of holding artists back. I'm like, yeah. I'm just not gonna say anything. You guys don't understand how this business works. Yeah. You don't you don't know us like that. You don't you know it's all good. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you yeah. know, so I mean, so let's talk about that 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 sort of like major indie thing and and what would happen if one of your artists wants to sign to a major label. Um, if I, I definitely would leave open that possibility because that at the end of the day, like I just want I want to do what's best for the artist, mm-hmm. and if it got to a point where it's like, damn, you know, there's just not enough resources here, or I need something else, like I would hope that we were always a part of every funk volumes artist career, at least as from a management standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but again, at the end of the day, like I want what's best for the artist. Um, you know, if it was a situation that was that that was that made sense, um, I'm not I'm not gonna tie anybody's hands. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel comfortable doing that. I would never feel comfortable doing that. Um, so yeah. And and what about funk volume? Sort of like going the TDE route, right? Where like there's a partnership in place with a major label, like you know, like a larger partnership. Would you would you consider something like that? I'm I'm I would consider. Anything mm-hmm. that's 
again, it's in the best interest of the artist. Mm -hmm. As long as we have the control, we can still operate the way we want to operate. We can still put out music when we want to put out music. Uh, the guys can still make the music they want to make. Mm -hmm. um, you know, then we can have the discussion. Now, is that is that though like to keep it all the way a hundred? Is that is that a reality, right? Or is that because, like I said, I'm sure there's major labels hunting at your door right now, and like, you know. What 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 becomes the factor that makes you say no? Um, I, a lot of the conversations that that we've had before, you know, it, it's very apparent right up front that you don't truly understand what we've done by ourselves already. Mm, gotcha. Like just through the through the conversations, I can already tell that you know whether it's the dollar amount you offered. I'm like, okay, well, you know, that number is already sitting in our bank account mm -hmm. and some like you I can already tell you don't understand us yeah. or what we do because you yeah. just offered us that yeah you know what I'm saying so there's a lot of just in the conversation there's a lot of you know there's a lot of indications that they don't they don't truly value or truly understand what what we are mm -hmm. and if you don't understand something you can't value it you know yeah so if you don't Which also means you can't make it bigger yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's not much that there's not much added value that you're gonna be able to give me because yeah. you, there's not, you know, you're not gonna give. I mean, you might be able to give me some more money to do what we already do, but there's not any additional insight. Mm -hmm. There's not anything else you're gonna bring to the table if you don't truly understand, or if you're talking to me and you're getting some of the artist names wrong. I'm like, you didn't oh go to gosh, you didn't yeah. go to the damn website. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, this is a label. This isn't just one, even if you came because you're interested in one artist. Please do the due diligence to go to the site and be like, okay, there's four of them. Let me memorize them all. Yeah, like yeah. you know, it's it's ridiculous and yeah. it's it's pretty disrespectful. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean, I I would never I would never say that no that that, that all deals are off the table, but at the moment we're doing good. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know. So you know what what does it take to, I guess take funk volume to the next level, right? Or, like, where are you looking to take funk volume? You know, what, what do you want to do? And not even just, like, with the help of a major label, right? But just, mm -hmm. like, from an independent standpoint and, and you know, the what, what is the trajectory that you see? Um, I mean, we just want to continue to grow our fan base, and there's, there's definitely platforms that we haven't had a significant amount of exposure on that mm -hmm. can help us get to that next level. So, you know, obviously one being radio, mm -hmm. which still has a huge impact on sales and oh, influence. Oh, for sure, and, for sure. Um, you know, so we definitely want to take our shot at radio and then getting more TV opportunities. You know, most of the guys have interest in, in acting and things mm -hmm. like that. So just putting them on that, that bigger platform, we're going back to what you were talking about. Like, oh, if you start to see Jaren in like a, a damn, I don't know, what's a popular TV show. If you see him like, you know, co-star or have his little appearance, yeah. you're like, oh, snap, these cats are starting to really do some things. Yeah. You know, so that that in turn will... You know, just grow, just grow him as an artist, and grow the label, and just mm -hmm. the overall presence. If we, you know, especially when we start bringing on five, six, seven artists, and we got everybody out doing their own thing, whether they're working on their own music, working on the touring, or working acting, or just putting mm -hmm. out videos, all of it, you know, reinforces one another, and you know, goes in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, the, the Funk Volume documentary, because that was something that I watched uh, later, earlier in 2013, and uh, just really respected seeing the grind and the hustle mm -hmm. of all the artists and yourself, and 
really just being like not only not only seeing it but also being like you know and you guys distributed this yourself you know what i mean that was something that i really enjoyed supporting and like you know just i felt i felt a little bit more of like not only connected to like the story but it's like ownership in like you know i'm helping support this independent movement mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i mean the the, the movie you know was an idea i had cuz we we're constantly looking for ideas to 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 either let our fans get to know us better or to reach out to new fans. Mm-hmm. So we're always doing like contests and things like that. But I was like, okay, we're going on this tour. Why don't we shoot a documentary that, you know, follows us on tour, which is cool, but it also kind of tells the story of how Funk Volume came to be, where we're all from, how we met. Um, and I just think that would be really cool. So it, it was a ton of footage. I think like three terabytes worth of footage. Um, I worked with A Plus and a frat brother of mine named JC. And... You know, they edited it, and we just kept going through different iterations. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I know you know the press probably something, 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 something very novice to probably what you do, but <laughs> no, nah, sim- it was but, it was still but, well, but, it was well but, done, but man. similar. Um, you know, so it was it was dope, man. Like I I, I wish I would have known more about like movie distribution though, because when I yeah. first started, when I first started, I was like, man, this is just gonna be something cool for the fans or whatever. But when we finished it, I was like, man. This is this is an interesting. I mean, obviously I'm biased, but like this is an interesting documentary. If you're mm-hmm. like an artist, like getting into music, or if you just want to be entertained for an hour and a half by four knuckleheads, like you know, it's it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. And if I would have known about like the festival circuit, and yeah, like, there's you know, so much. You know man. what I'm saying? There's there, so there, yeah. there probably would have been more that we could have done with the documentary. Yeah, and it's actually going to be airing on Revolt, which is cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, there's probably more that we could have done with the documentary, but I thought it was a, it was a cool project, um, and it did well. For yeah, it. man, sometimes you just kind of got to go and just put it out yeah. there, though, you know what I mean? Because the thing is with that, with festivals and, and all film distribution and all that, man, it's, you know, you talk about wearing many hats, running a label, and like, adding that is a whole nother just beast of yeah, like different work, world. energy, and time. And that's something that I'm even just learning as I'm working on like, my my first like off YouTube feature film. It's like, dude, things just take so long, and like yeah. it's it's crazy. But I mean, when the finished product is there and it's done, it's like okay, good. Yeah, I want to do I want to do another one, man. I want to I want to eventually get in the film. Like I mean, it just, and this is just for me being a movie fan and just thinking like, not that many good movies come out. Yeah. But I, I actually later on down the line, I yeah. would like to get into like actually real films. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, I'm just a movie fan and. I just don't see too many movie movies that come out that I'm like, oh, that was a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, it's it's more so on. I mean, there's a lot of great films, man, but there there's on the independent level, man. You uh, know what I mean? It's like there's a lot of big blockbuster films and all that stuff that like some are good. You know, you 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 have like obviously good is relative, but I know what you mean. But like, it's so hard to create something like the film industry is just like the music industry, right? Where it's like they they do things based upon like what has succeeded in the past right so like you won't see a lot of movies in the theaters nowadays that are original stories or yeah, that are, you know what i mean and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's so sad but it's like because because it, the people who are financing the films are just looking for a return on the money that they put in the film it's like the only thing that matters is the cast mm-hmm. and you know what audience do we have already built in for this right. thing you know what I mean yeah so. it's, it's pretty much exactly what happened to music and how music became so 
uh, less diversified on yeah. the radio. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I see. And that's and the same thing. So like where the where the where the real dope shit is happening is on the independent level. It's the same thing with music. You know right. what I mean? Like that's where the real talent is, and that's where like you know the 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 innovation is happening. So you know, I think. I think everything comes in cycles, right? And like you're gonna, you're gonna as the independent stuff gets more popular, you know, mm-hmm. you'll start to see like bigger budgets, bigger films, bigger stories, and all that stuff. But you know, original ideas. Yeah, I can see it's just slower with music because it takes so much longer to make a to film make than yeah, to make a yeah, song exactly. You know? Yep, so, yep. So, so I get it. Um, you know what? Uh, what? What are some of the things that? Uh, that what are some of the challenges, man, like, you know, in in running a label? I mean, I think, you know, there's so much that you have to do, obviously, in terms, like we said, like managing personalities, egos, and all that stuff. But, like, what are some of the other things that you've been hit with that you weren't even expecting out of left field when you, you know, started started doing this thing? And now that you've been doing it for, for five years now, which is relatively short but relatively long at the same time. Right. You know? Um, I mean, initially, what really threw me off in the beginning, I'm super accustomed to it now, is just the, the, the lack of, of, of professionalism. Just in, in general in the music in industry. Yeah, You're yeah. absolutely right. Just the yeah. expectation. Because, you know, when you, when you work for a, a, a corporation, you know, where I work for Deloitte Consulting, for example, like, like not calling people back or not emailing people back, that could get you fired. You yeah. know, that, that, that's, just, that's the basics. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That has nothing to do with you knowing how to do your job or whatever. That's just basic business etiquette. Um, a lot of times that doesn't exist. And a lot of times yeah. it doesn't it doesn't not mean that things aren't going to get done either like you don't you don't because sometimes like oh this cat's not responding to me. Mm-hmm. He he must not like me or he must think that what we're trying to do is shady or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. it may not mean that either. So you can't really assume, you know, yeah. it's just sometimes things do take. I mean, sometimes there is ego and sometimes people really don't like you or whatever, but you just can't make any assumptions right up front. Yeah. yeah. Um you know, so that was that was a difficult adjustment. You know, just that alone, just basic business etiquette. Like, okay, this guy's not responding to me. This guy's not emailing me back. Mm-hmm. These guys aren't on time. You know, so you just kind of have to get to get used to that. Um, but you know, I, I quickly got over that and realized what what the deal was. Um, but just in terms of like, man, like when you're on when you're on a business or just managing people, it's like. How do you manage people's expectations so that everybody stays cool? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like, because typically when you run a business, like say you have like five or six people that 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 are part of your business, and you put out like a pizza or whatever, and you told them it's like, okay, look, just take what you feel like you deserve, and you have six people, right? Mm-hmm. After two people, I bet you the pizza's gone. Yeah, like yeah. people always feel like they deserve and it, and they might deserve but like it doesn't like it doesn't those rewards don't exist so you mm-hmm. how do you manage expectations like that you know what i'm saying yeah. how do you so that's a very and that's not that's not necessarily specific to music it's probably just specific to, to just managing people in general it's like how do you manage people's expectations yeah you know so that 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 has always been a challenge um, i'm sure it'll continue to be to be a challenge um you know, and, and I think the biggest remedy is, is just communication. Can yeah, communication, communication is, is the best, man. Open communication. And, and, you know, like you said, having things uh, ironed out and laid out in the beginning. I mm-hmm. think when you start a business relationship, as long as you're thinking about it from like, okay, if this thing blows up and goes as big as possible, like, this is what is going to happen. And this is on paper. Right. You know what I mean? And you kind of got to tread lightly with that type of stuff because you don't want to like 
shove a contract in somebody's face immediately upon right, working right. with them. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, and, 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 and artists, artists. I mean, we're talking just about artists. Like they're they're super skeptical of anything. Yeah. Because yeah. the music industry, there's been a lot of shady stuff that's happened. So I understand that too. Like mm-hmm. there's a there's there's a few artists that I that I would like to work with, but you know I know that if if we're gonna work, it's probably gonna be like a year or two just to build the relationship to get them comfortable. You know because I know that you know a, a contract just turns people off. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, does, oh man. snap! Although it's important because you need to have you need to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to be working and, and and never reap the benefits or never get compensated for work that you do. Um, but yeah, most artists are super skeptical yeah, of yeah. everything. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Snap. It's funny, man, because I sort of wear this like, you know, two-sided hat of an artist and an entrepreneur. And, you know, I find myself, I, I work with artists a lot, but I'm an mm-hmm. artist myself. And it's, it's so interesting, man, because I, I find it's like, I always think about things in terms of like, well, how would I approach this on like my artist side, right? So like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that Certain things are like, you know, when you can when you can show people opportunity, show people especially revenue, mm-hmm. show people like, you know, things that like you said, that they weren't doing before and now they're doing now that they're working with you, I think that is a way to be like, Okay, look, here's what happened, like mm-hmm. now we're gonna have to put something on paper. You right. Know what I mean? Yeah, I have, and I have no and I understand, like I have no I have no problem with it. Like I don't like I, I'm fully comfortable in where I'm at as a person, as a professional. Like I, I don't need an artist to live. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, if 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 I was dependent upon, like, like being a manager and all of my money came from a percentage of artists' revenue, that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. Like that, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. And then, I, and then, and also, I don't think I would be able to manage them in a way in which they needed to be managed because I would constantly be thinking like, oh snap, like I gotta pay my bills too. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you gotta do this. No, no, you yeah, gotta yeah. do like you gotta <laughs> do this. Like yeah. so, it, I'm fortunately I'm not in that position. Like I don't, I you know, I've I've, I've saved up money. I'm I'm not in a position where, like. I'm a hundred percent dependent upon you know receiving management fees, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I feel like we can make more sound decisions and, and decisions that are in the best in, in the best interest of that artist because I'm in because I'm in that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? What in terms of uh, artists that you are looking to sort of like work with, sign all that stuff. What is the sort of like number one thing that sets people apart for you? Um, man, one thing. I mean, obviously they gotta be super talented. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, I can't. It's not just it's that. It's not just that. It's yeah. definitely not just that. Um, you know, because I've considered um, I've considered starting a separate management company to manage artists out, even outside of Funk Volume because okay. Funk Volume might not fit a certain artist. And I still want. I still believe in an artist. I still want to you know, use my resources and, and try to push an artist forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, like, the artist has to be... I mean, they, I understand skepticism, but if you can be skeptical to a fault where, like, you, you don't do any... Like, you have to take direction or I'm not going to be any good to you. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't ever take any of my suggestions, like, then why am I here? Like, yeah. if you don't take no direction. Like, you're skeptical of everything. Like, yeah, yeah. you're pretty much just doing what you were doing. So just... Do what you're like. Just continue to do that. Yeah. You know. Um, 
so so yeah you, you have to have a level of humility um and and just be willing to 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 listen like we've learned a lot i mean it's only been five but in that five years we've done a lot mm-hmm. we've tried a lot we've done a lot we've met a lot of people um you know so i would hope that there was some trust in in things that you know i'm asking to do asking them to do um so just humble yourself and you know just be open in the five years man that you have um have, have been working have, have you felt like there's been a level of um is it now just like a system right so for me it's like for instance with the uh with the with the party that i throw right it's like I've been doing it for so long, three years now, that it's really like a system. It's like I, I, I know what to do. I know how to book the places. I know how to, mm-hmm. you know, get people there. I know how to release the ticket information. I know how to like book my travel. Everything is just like mm-hmm. so. It comes to a point of it being clockwork. And now, what the goal is is just new customers and like getting right. it to new people and like you know, building it from there. Is it the same thing with you in terms of the label? Is it like I? I completely know how an artist can come into the label. You know, we can get them on the road. We can get them working with people. And then, like, is, is it like a, a... Has that system become... Well, has, has that process become more systematic for you? Um, there's probably a small percentage of, of, of just, like, systematic processes that we, you know, we know we're going to do as mm-hmm. soon as you come on. We're going to do this and we're going to get you popped. But uh, there's so much growth to be had, you know, um... And, and and part of the challenge in growing a label is like how do you you know because a lot of labels have come and gone right like mm-hmm. how do you not do that like how do you how do you stay how do you mm-hmm. stay relevant how do you keep introducing something new so that the fans are always looking forward to what's next you know and there's a there's a lot of things and there's not even something that we have right now that people are looking forward to so it's kind of like okay, what what is it? I mean, I know at some point, you know, a phone volume album would be big. Mm-hmm. Um, each, one of, each one of their individual albums will be big, but nobody has anything on the calendar yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that we're kind of in that stage right now. Okay, well, what are we going to get people? I mean, we're not in danger. I don't feel like we're in danger of just like falling off the map or anything because everybody's still working and things will come out. But we are at a point where it's like, okay... State of Mind just dropped. Not there was a big there was a big um, rally for Not Madness. That's out. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. What what do we we need to constantly have stuff that people are looking forward to to keep those numbers going up to keep mm-hmm. people talking to keep people saying bad things keep people saying good things like whatever they're saying something so um, it definitely isn't a, a a process for that yet. You know. There's there's. Again, there's some very small things that we know that artists haven't done that we need to make sure they get signed up on Sound Exchange, or signed up with ASCAP or BMI, or you know stuff like that. Easy to knock out, but from an art perspective and just from like a momentum, like how do we get, you know, we got to move. So there's there's not really after, you know, after some of the paperwork, there's there's not really a system. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that will come, man. I'm sure, and 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 even if it doesn't come, it's just like. This is what it is, and you just are you sort of learning as you go, right. you know what I mean, right? And, and figuring things out, yeah. Um, so, what do you want to see happen with Funk Volume? Lastly, man, like what you know, what are some of the goals in terms of like you've been doing it for five years, man, and and what are the next five years going to look like for you? Um, I really just hope we we continue to get bigger, um, you know, globally recognized on on you know 
big platforms, TV, um, radio. Um, I just want, you know, I look up to the labels that have come before us, the Def Jams and the Rockefellers and things like that. There's no reason why Funk Volume shouldn't be up there, mm-hmm. you know, by the time we get fully running too. But yeah. I, I, I fully believe that we are operating at like 20% right now. You know, mm-hmm. the guys haven't, you know, that we haven't had a point where everybody's firing from all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't had a funk volume album. We yeah. haven't really... You've only done one funk volume tour. Yeah, there's only been one funk volume. There's so many things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guys are continuing to mature and continuing to, to hone their craft. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of levers that haven't been pulled yet. So, you know, I think it's going to be pretty crazy when people realize... The type of talent that we have, all of them, like even yeah. like we haven't even unleashed Swizz yet. Like yeah, Swizz is yeah. going through his own thing, and he's everybody's on their own journey. Mm-hmm. So Swizz is super talented, mm-hmm. like ridiculously talented, you know. But he's gone through some personal things that have you know in, inhibited music from being made. But you know, Dizzy will hold it down, Jaren will hold it down, Hop will hold it down. Eventually, he'll come through. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So there's a lot. There's a lot that we haven't shown. Um, you know, I wanna, I wanna get out there and brag and say, look, man, we got the best team. I I feel that in my heart, mm-hmm. but I can't say it because we can't. We have nothing to prove it yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you guys still have stuff to prove. We, we, yeah. But I, in my heart, you are stuff to, stuff uh, that can prove stuff. No, but what I'm, but in my heart, there's mm-hmm. like these guys are the talented four cats. I'll put them up against anybody. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel in my heart, and I will be more vocal about it when we put out the stuff that. That that supports those claims, gotcha. but I know it. I I know it in my heart, and that's why I work with them. That's why I want to continue to push them forward. Um, you know, and I look forward to that day. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm, I mean, if you guys do a funk volume tour in 2014, it's a game changer, man. I, I mean, because just I would just started knowing about you guys in like 2000, early 2013, maybe end of 2012, and so it's like. Just to see the growth of, you know, Dizzy and just to see what, what Jaren is doing. And obviously Hop is just, you know, always, whenever he releases something, it's a big deal. So if you guys did a tour now, man, whew. Yeah, I, I think the next time we can tour, it definitely won't be this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, possibly next year. Mm-hmm. But that's not something that we want to make an annual thing. Really? You know what okay. I'm is it, why is that? Is that just you want to make it special? Or yeah, well, it, we yeah. want to make it special, but we want to make, we want to give, because a, a tour like that takes up like half the year, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you know, four or yeah. five months or whatever. True. So, you know, how can the guys develop individually if they're constantly on the road together? Yeah, you know? you're right. I need, we need each of them to develop as individual artists because their fan bases are, I mean, don't get me wrong, there, there's, there's definitely fans of funk volume as a whole that mm-hmm. like every one of them just the same, but there are also fans that love Dizzy and hate the shit out of Hobson mm-hmm. and love Hobson and hate the shit out of Dizzy. Mm-hmm. Like, so we need every artist to develop as their own individual artist, go out, do their thing, and then when it comes together, once every five years or whatever it yeah, is, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Then it's like, oh, it's snap. more of an event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We can make it like. Uh, you know, like the circus has come to town. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah. it, it, it'll be crazy. So yeah. that's what I hope. Like, I don't even know if it'll happen next year. Um, so we'll see. We'll see when the guys want to do it. But I do know that, you know, when it when they do come together, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, man. So when we, get the, when we get the Funk Volume album out, then there'll be a tour. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and whenever that is, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that'll be the next time. 
that it'll make sense for them all. Okay, cool, cool. And uh, anything else on the horizon, man? Uh, Funk Volume Fitness, man. I've been working on another business called Funk Volume Fitness. Okay. Um, I think I might have seen you tweeting about this a bit, yeah. Yeah, so I wrapped up the business plan. I've been meeting with folks to get the website up. Okay, um, and give, give me the, the quick skinny on what is the, what's yeah, going so, on with this. Yeah, so Funk Volume Fitness is really, it's going to be a comprehensive approach to fitness. So there'll be three pillars, fitness, nutrition, and mind. Mm. So mind being mental health. Because you gotta have, you gotta take that comprehensive approach. Because each one of those pillars affects the other, right? So if you're not yeah. eating right, it's hard to work out. If your mind's not right, it's hard to work out. Vice versa, yep. um, you know. And I just want to really have a site for young people to come to get the information they need to make some healthier choices. And then we'll be doing a lot of stuff that we do from a music perspective to engage people to, you know, challenge them, contests, highlighting yeah. people, chat rooms, things like that to really make it fun. Um, you know, it's really important that we start start to, to make healthier choice, start eating right. There's a lot of, you know, you really almost need a damn degree in food education to know what's going into your body these days. Nowadays, for sure. Yeah, um, I mean, there's so much stuff out there, and it's like, man, yeah. I see you got Joe Cross book right there, man. Yeah, so, I mean, get get, get some young cats juicing, yep, start, start yep. getting some, uh, figure out a way to get fruits and vegetables to... To, to communities that don't have easy access to fruits and vegetables, get mm -hmm. people drinking more water because yeah. um, we're all addicted to these sugary drinks. Um, you know, people are getting diabetes at a younger age. Um, so I think, you know, we have a lot of influence with our fans. We're hoping we can, you know, shift some of that influence in a positive way, uh, a positive and cool way. You know, you got to make it cool for kids to listen. Dude, you make that's, it cool. that's such a big you thing, man. Cool. Yo, you I always say right now, man, like, no revolution or any type of social change is going to happen if it's not cool. Yeah, you got to like, make it cool. You have to. You have you gotta to. got to make it cool. So, so yeah, man, I'm hoping by in, sometime in 2015 we'll be up and running. Um, you know, again, it'll be a place where for young folks to come, get some great information. They'll know that once they see something on that site, it's been well vetted. Mm -hmm. The information is not going to be biased. It's not going to be nobody's going to pay us to put some information yeah. or any products out there. Any any product that's there, any workout that's there, any diet that's there, we fully believe in 100%. Because um, that's a challenge too, man. Like you, you, you want to learn how to do something, you get like eight different perspectives, and you're like. Oh shit! I just spent an hour, and I'm still I'm more confused than I was, you know, before I had the question or whatever. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I'm excited about it, man. It won't. It, it definitely because a lot of people think, oh, the artists are just gonna jump on it. Like, no, nah, the artists don't have to be involved. Mm -hmm. um, there are some like like Swizz is super into eating organic and eating working out and all this. He, like he Swizz is on on point. Yeah. With when it comes to health and fitness. Dope. Um so when it makes sense we'll bring the artists in and you know have some contests and interviews and things like that. But other than that man it's really just just bringing over the name to 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 you know to appeal to folks to try to get them in and hopefully they like what they see. Nice. That sounds dope, man. And uh and let people know man. Let first let people know uh, what projects have just released from Funk Volume and then where can they find more about Funk Volume at online? Oh, for sure. Uh, so, Knock, Knock Madness was Hobson's uh, latest latest album that dropped uh, at the end of last year. Um, and this year, um, uh, Dizzy Wright released the State of Mind EP. Uh, all, of, all of the songs can be found at www.myfunkvolume.com or iTunes. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just it, we're we're pretty easily to to find when you Google us. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, we should come up. 
many Ooh. pages. Funk volume. All right, guys. Well, that was another edition of the Words with Friends podcast. Like I said, again, if you guys are enjoying this, getting value from this, support it with a $1 tip, as little as a $1 tip, on patreon.com slash Jabari, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Jabari. And look out for everything that Funk Volume and Dame have going on in the rest of 2014. And I will see you guys next week. All right? Peace.